Hello and welcome to Written in Uncertainty, an Elder Scrolls podcast sat firmly in the grey maybe of Tamriel and proud member of the Robots Radio Podcast Network. My name is Aramethius and today we're looking at a being and a god who is a fusion of people and place and the embodiment of a bond that defines a culture. Today we're asking, what is the Wilder King? Before we begin, I just wanted to highlight a thing or two. Firstly, this is the first of the minisodes I've been promising that I'll do for a little while, and so this episode is probably going to be a bit shorter than usual. Uh, I'm also not going to be doing my usual set of announcements on these minisodes just to keep them quick and get into the content quickly. Uh, so for those new patrons out there, and I know that there are some, I'll be saying thank you to you properly next episode, along with the reviews and the network news and all that good stuff. And secondly, my regular listeners know what's coming next if we're going straight into the content, that this is my own interpretation of the Wilder King and not necessarily the whole truth of the matter. You may have different ideas, and if so, I would absolutely love to hear them. Please email me at writteninuncertaintypodcast at gmail.com or tweet me at Aramithius or join the Written Uncertainty Discord server and have a conversation there. There's a whole bunch of links to all that stuff in the show notes for this episode. Uh, this podcast will also be a transcript at www.writteninuncertainty.com forward slash podcast forward slash Wilderking. So you can check all of the sources I'm referencing in full there and I'll link w- everything that I'm quoting there. Although in this case, it must be said that a lot of the stuff that references the Wilderking directly comes from in-game dialogue. And so it won't be quite so easy to reference quotes as the way I normally do, which stuff normally comes from books. The Wilder King is worshipped as a god by the Bosma of Greenshade at the time of the Elder Scrolls Online. We don't know what was going on before that, really. Well, we have indications, which we'll get to, but we also don't know what was happening after which slightly bugs me because the Wilder King was introduced in the Elder Scrolls Online as an attempt by the developers to do something a little bit different with the concepts that the Bosma sort of play with. So we don't know quite whether there's still a Wilder King or Wilder Queen in Valenwood or what that means if there isn't one, just because it's not mentioned in many other sources. The Wilder King is a deification of the will of the forest to put it briefly, if I can. If Sumeril's book is true, and as it's the only full account of the origins of the Wilder King that we have, I'm going to go with it for now, then the Wilder King is a merging of a boy, Ostian, with Valenwood, and later on, a girl. The Wilder King is a personification of the forest through the merging of the forest with the will of another being. And I should also note that it's also very explicitly Valenwood that's being personified by the Wilder King, um, in contrast to the Sylvanar and the Green Lady that I covered in a previous episode on the Bosma. The Sylvanar and the Green Lady are expressions of the Bosma people. Uh, they don't, as I erroneously stated in that episode, reflect a pair of the Bosma and Valenwood itself, um, because I was reading the Green Lady very wrong. But the Sylvanar and the Green Lady are representing the Bosma, and the Wilder King is very much associated with place, with Valenwood, in a way that the Green Lady and the Sylvanar are not. 
the poem the wilder king legend almost has him being pantheistic in a way just I'll, I'll read this bit to you quote his eye projects outward to the world and touches everything he perceives by his thoughts he shapes it do you know where to find him have you looked at the hills have you looked at the trees he is not there because there is a place and a place has boundaries but the wilder king is boundless he is the court and the throne that this expresses the wilder king as a thing that is literally everywhere you won't find him any particular where because he is the whole place he is valenwood in a sense and there's some dialogue at the end of the quest line that indicates that the new wilder queen is busy kind of feeling her consciousness disperse throughout the whole area which reflects that it's not set in any one particular place if we listen to how this poem goes and but despite that despite the wilder king being valenwood the wilder king only becomes valenwood they don't start that way sumeril's book has it that ostian the boy who would become the wilder king was sent from somerset to valenwood in a tale that has an awful lot of parallels with the story that we play through in ESO with Aranias. Both the Wilder King and the Wilder Queen are taken from Somerset to Valenwood and only become the Wilder Monarch once they arrive and interact with Valenwood. However, they almost seem to be selected for it. Ostian apparently, quote, had the power to shape the land, according to Sumeril's book which is decidedly similar to what was happening with Aranias. She, quote, thinks about things around her and they come true, to use her own words. This will no doubt sound familiar to those of you that are familiar with the commentaries on the Mysterian Xarxes, and these declare that, quote, those that know it or those that know Chim can reshape the land. I've seen a suggestion here and there that the Wilder King therefore has Chim because of that, it's the same reshape the land wording for Ostian as well, and that sounds particularly convincing. But I'm not so sure personally. Whatever else it is, Chim is a fairly substantial state of being that requires a degree of effort to attain. I don't think that it's likely that these people would have just stumbled upon it in the way that they seem to have just become able to manipulate the land in these narratives. So I think we're looking at something that's different from Chim, that's magical and quite severely magical, but not the same thing as Chim. I'm also going to take this moment to, to put down a theory that I've seen bandied about about the Wilder King, and the idea that the Wilder King is mantling something like mantling Valenwood or similar. Uh, the Wilder King talks of passing the mantle to Aranias, which is where the term mantling comes from. It comes from the expression of passing on one's mantle, which ultimately comes from Elijah and Elisha in the Old Testament. But I don't... That is a little closer to what I think is happening than Chim, but it's not quite there in terms of the world of King. There are similarities in the tales of Aranias and Ostian, but neither of them ha are particularly doing things as it were they are ha reacting to events and things happen to them. Mantling happens, in my understanding of it anyway, as a consequence of things that the mantler does, imitating what's gone before. Not necessarily deliberately, but there is actions going on. So Aranias' journey to becoming the Wilder Queen, the Queen though, 
isn't about doing precisely what Ostian did or having precisely what happened to Ostian happen to her, but instead letting things play out as they're meant to in inverted commas. So with that dialogue speaking of destiny being guided and various other things, what I think is happening is that there's some degree of predestination going on. Spinner Maruin states that the Wilder King is a part of the Bosma's relationship with Valenwood. Uh, while this is not stated as such, I think there might be some impact beyond the Green Pact beyond, uh, that keeps the Bosma connected to Valenwood. I may be going out a bit of a limb here, but I think it's possible that Aranias and Ostian travelling from Somerset to Valenwood to merge with the forest is almost a retelling of the original story of the Oldmer who became the Bosma. I have pretty much nothing to back that up, but from my own feelings, but I feel like there's enough of an echo of the past that it could be true. But I still don't think it's mantling, simply because there's not really discrete steps. As such, there's just a collection of circumstances. If you look at how, say, the champion of Cyrodiil goes through doing very specific things for Shiagorath in the Shivering Isles expansion of Oblivion, then um, they become Shiagorath because of what they do and how they do it. These guys are just doing the same thing as each other in or in similar circumstances. They're not really enacting the same steps entirely, although there are those similarities, I think. Now, all that said, the Wilder King isn't the clear-cut authority figure you'd expect for something that is the mediator between the Bosma and Valenwood. This is one of the reasons that I left the figure out of the original What Are the Bosma podcast, and if you want to find out more about what I think about the Bosma authority in general, listen to that episode because this fits in with that quite well. Uh, the Wilder King is a particular figure of worship among the Bosma of Greenshade, but not much beyond that which is strange if you consider that as a figure that's between the Bosma and Valenwood, and Valenwood as a whole, his authority is over all of the forest. In particular, he states this, quote, If Ander kills me before I pass the mantle to Aranias, there will be no caretaker of the Valenwood. The forest will become a voracious monster. It would turn against the Bosma and ultimately bring about its own destruction. You must stop him. This puts the Wilder King as a stabilizing influence on Valenwood itself in a similar way to how the Wirrises see themselves and Jeffrey. I was particularly struck by this passage in the book Wirrises the Name Daughters, quote, In Elden time, Elven time, Jeffrey did come, a naming of the creatures where'er he did run, as all was chaotic and the names were unknown, his gift was a name for each beast planted stone, then all knew that the pair places except men and myrrh, who plundered and ravaged wherever they were. I name you the Earthbones, Jeffrey decreed, lords of the forest, rock, root, and seed. This heritage nurture henceforth be its guards, and designate worthies as the act of its wards. Thereafter did the weird women watch o'er the green, from tundra to forest, from peak to ravine, reminding all the creatures, be it tiger or worm, of their name and their nature, their function and form. Now, it doesn't talk about the Wilder King directly, but I think the Wilder King performs a similar role, reminding things of their place and keeping them in check. It's also interesting that the poem talks about the Earth Bones as the Guardians, which on the one hand points to the Wirrus' thoughts about their own origins, but it also highlights that the Wilder King is something that is other from everything in order to define it. 
So it's neither Bosma, Beast, or Forest, which is possibly why the they have to begin as an Ultima. So because the Wilder King has to be able to master all of those things and be outside of all of those things in order to keep Valen Wood and the Bosma as it currently is. I could say that it, in the way that it should be, but if things would just take the course naturally, then there would be no need, no need for the Wilder King. The Wilder King is an imposition of a specific kind of order and equilibrium as far as I'm concerned. And so there would be no need for a mediator if everything was just going to take its course and run out naturally. But instead we have all this stuff about the Wilder King stopping the Valen Wood from consuming itself and everyone else in it. It's almost like the Wilder King is stopping the forest from becoming something like the Wild Hunt, which is a very interesting parallel that the essence of what the Wild Hunt is almost in adheres to Valen Wood itself. Although there are other tales that the Wild Hunt is something related to Hercene and might therefore be a little broader than that but that's not quite the case here and there's also the possibility that the Valen Wood is trying to throw off the Wilder King that the, it's being guided by him and it's just throwing this occasional buck every so often um, or at least that's the, the sense that the Wilder King is doing something wrong to the forest we do have a text called the Oath of the Shadows Watch which says this quote you are defenders of the green you are enemies of the Wilder King. You are soldiers. You serve your commanders and none other. You unite the Wood Elves. You will give your life. You will destroy the Hollow. Your name will be remembered forever. Now, being defenders of the Green but enemies of the Wilder King, if that's even remotely true, it puts the Wilder King in conflict or in struggle with Valenwood, not merely being its caretaker, which is the way he describes himself. It's possible that the Shadows Watch are wrong in what they assume, but I also think there's potential for them to be right in some way. Although, also, now I think about it, the Shadows Watch are trying to unify the Bosma in a way that's almost anti-Bosma. The idea that everything is per chance with green sap, as Arabic Enigma 4 says, uh, that everything is multifaceted and could be one thing, possibly another. The Shadows Watch is trying to impose one thing over the Wood Elves to be for the Wood Elves to be one nation rather than a collection of tribes, which strikes me as um, a little wrong. But either way, the way that this is being put across, it makes me think that the Wilder King is not necessarily the be all and end all here, because if we do think of the Shadows Watch as being right, I mean, is Valenwood being truly wild and truly itself mean um does that something that needs to be kept in check if we think about personhood and ourselves then you you so here so often in so many pieces of media be yourself is the is the valenwood not allowed to be that why what's different about the valenwood's personhood that makes that distinct um we have had hints at that because there's ideas that it needs it would then consume itself but is that really a problem because because as i said that that's almost like that's the primordial nature of the green and what the bosma are 
if we take the wild hunt as any sort of indicator here that if it's the valen wood will be something that would just consume everything it's just a return to that primordial state which isn't necessarily a bad thing it's something that is a good thing if you listen to certain Moorish perspectives particularly so I'm a little ambivalent about that one so I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing but then again to take the other side of it if a thing is just itself without any relation to anything else then it almost needs to be the only thing in existence if you're not going to react to the things around you then you are just a thing in yourself without any reference to any to anyone else and cut off from everything else but that's a whole other kettle of fish and i feel like i'm going down a possible philosophical rabbit hole that's not directly related to the elder scrolls but that's about all the thoughts that i have on the wilder king at the moment i do hope you've enjoyed this long ramble through if and the first of these minisodes if you want me to do them on particular other topics and just dig a little bit deeper into what particular elements of the elder scrolls settings are that are perhaps a little narrow for a great long episode then let me know drop me an email at written in uncertainty podcast at gmail.com and i will see what i can do next time we are looking at the culture of those who are cast out by pretty much everyone and most particularly by the nords um who are one of the closest analogs to a real world culture that i've seen in the Elder scrolls um and also one of the most bestial of all different types of races next time we're asking what are the reachmen and until then this podcast remains a letter written in uncertainty you've been listening to written in uncertainty a podcast written and presented by aramithius and edited by dopportunity the music for this podcast has been kindly provided by jan glenbotsky check them out on soundcloud under songs from the lost land and i'll see you next time Hey, I'm Tom. And I'm Stuart. And we're from the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. We talk about all things connected to D&D lore. And we're on the Robots Radio Network. So if you're into Dungeons & Dragons or you're into lore, then come check us out. You can find us on any podcatcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts. Roll more dice. That's the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. Rated M for Mature. Because we don't believe in scripted advertisements. We're gonna do this raw. I'm regretting this decision. No, you're not. This is the DL Weekly Gaming News. There's nothing to regret here, because it's your source for everything in the gaming world. Every week, we bring it to you. Unscripted, unfiltered. That's why it's rated M for Mature, right, Brenna? Among many, many other reasons. I am one of your hosts, Jameson. And as he already said, I am Brenna, the other glorious part to this quality podcast. You can find us every week wherever you listen to your podcasts at DL Gaming News. And you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter if you want some gaming news in your social media feed every day at DL Gaming News. And uh, you can find us individually if you 
really, really, truly want to see our faces. I am at DL underscore Mother Goose. And I'm at DL Jameson. And this was an advertisement. Go fuck yourselves. Hello. Hi. Do you like bad movies? Do you find yourself defending bad movies, saying things like, well, the soundtrack was okay, or the costumes were pretty fun? From the previous hosts of It's Not That Bad Podcast, we bring you Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast, from Simone LaRue and Chad Ekovitz. Every week, we review two movies that did not do well critically, but we say, hey, there are some nice things about them. Maybe Rotten Tomatoes was wrong. Maybe they're all fools, and you should watch these movies regardless. We'll also talk about scenes that could have saved it, and we'll often refer to Simone's cats because they're amazing and adorable, and we love them. <laughs> and at the end of each review, we will tell you whether we would watch this movie again, or in what circumstances we would recommend you watch this movie. So, join us on July 9th for the first drop of our main episode, and then two days later for our drop of our minisodes. And on Robots Radio Podcast Network. Come see us on July 9th! We love you so much already! Bye! Bye.